I really I feel bad telling you that because it's hard not to notice. Um, he is very short. How short? I would have I would have been fine with like five eight, but are we going lower than that? Yeah, he's five five. Really? Yes. He's a tiny little man. You'll see it. You should like if you look at the YouTube uh, like from the basement recordings. Uh-huh. Um, uh You can really see it in some of the. I mean, you know, because when he's on stage. It doesn't look like a small dude, but like when he's kind of in no, a room you didn't notice it with the other guys, you're like, well, Ed yeah. is six, five. So I'm surprised I never noticed this before. Yeah. Ed is a giant dude. Well, then you feel like you look at the Lotus flower video video and you're like, Tom's dancing. You're like, this is a pretty small man dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. He was like, not just, you know, petite, but tiny. It's a it's a weird element of his. It's like a weird, yeah, know, component of his artistry that he's like, not yeah. nothing against short people. I mean, you know, but it's just like, it's it's it, with like his weird eye, and he's like five five. He is, you know, no, that makes too much sense. Yeah, damn, very Tom. <laughs> I think you might have just permanently affected my Radiohead perception. <laughs> We got to add this part to the podcast. Or did you stop recording? No, no, no. This could be like the cold, cold open. There you go. That was uh, Teen Challenge by Great Grandpa, a song no doubt uh, performed by someone conceived uh, while their parents were fucking to uh, Weezer and Liz Fair on the same <laughs> mixtape. Yeah. Um, That's Joe, where we our, are. Joe, it's our 50th episode. It is our it is our fiftieth episode. We have not learned how to plan in advance our first song, no. or how to not talk over one another. But we have learned that within five years, every female rock singer will sound exactly like that, um, because half of them do already. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I like it. I enjoy that kind of that sound. So um, I really don't have a problem with. Uh, Teen Gramp or or sorry, uh, uh, great grandpa. Teen grandpa would be a great <laughs> name for a band. <laughs> I bet there is a teen grandpa. Yeah, ah, uh, it's real hard. No, no, I, I bet a band named that. Oh. Not like an actual teen grandpa. That would actual. Be, yeah. Mm, nah. Mm, mm. It would be. It's too. That would be. Unfortunately, I mean, 
it's possible, but it's also really disturbing. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, we won't go it's, there. It's barely possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, sorry i never thought about it before now i have to figure out the math on it yeah um, you know it's, it's you know science um just like just like our podcast it's just a series of uh random ideas assaulting us and forcing us to think unpleasant things um yes yeah. that's i like that i like that the ideas like force themselves onto us and we have no choice but to think them through Mm-hmm. Oh, I find that I find that to be the case with ideas all the time. Yeah, that's it's, it. Explains much of this podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also all our listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. But really, fifty episodes um, done in about a year and a half. So we guess about a week and a half between episodes, which is pretty good considering I'm rebuilding a house and have three kids, and you have a brand new baby, which is uh, uh, an incredible time suck. So yeah, props to us. Yeah, I'm impressed. I think we uh, we had a high rate at the beginning, and that's uh, that's helping keep our average up. But yeah. uh, uh, hey, that's how averages work. <laughs> <laughs> the law of averages says we will eventually um, be reliable podcasters. I guess is what it's telling us. Um, yeah, I don't know, Joe. Have you learned anything from the 50 episodes? Hmm. I was trying to think of something uh, that I'd learned, and uh, I suppose I've learned that uh, I have a lot more to learn about every kind of music, uh, and that when you force me to talk about music for an hour a week, uh, that that comes through. <laughs> not so, not so, Joe. I find your opinions and thoughtful <laughs> and refreshing. Well, perhaps uh, it's it's you learn to shape the conversation towards what you know about, which when you think yeah. about it, explains a lot of podcasts. And well, that's what I was going to say is I don't ha- get the impression, you know, like you read like Pitchfork or whatever, and you're like, oh, my God, there's so many types of music all these people know about. Then you remind yourself that they've got like 20 or 30 writers and no one of them knows all that shit. So it's OK. You don't have to have so much indie dick size anxiety about it hmm true true uh <laughs> i mean i have more uh you know mainstream major label dick oh anxiety. yeah yeah that's the one thing i have realized is that i don't know anything about popular music and i've also learned that i don't really care and i'm happy that way yeah our, if our last episode proved anything it's that all popular music is just pretty shitty and yeah. it's not worth our time to even like judge it yeah the best of the best that you've heard of have some good stuff but even they i mean (laughs) how many of them are putting out like awesome albums front to back i guess i have you listened to the new jay-z joe i I have not actually i I haven't either fuck you title yeah my attitude i don't like jay-z that much like i he's not one of my favorite rappers i mean he has a couple like fun songs that i like but he is just he's not really my dude yeah, I would agree. I've never been a Jay Z stan, but I would never say Jay Z is not good. Like he's he's I'm I'm sure he's very good. He just has never grabbed me. Um, uh, the beat of Big Pimpin, all time. You know what's funny is I hated that beat in high school. That, I don't know why. That is funny. Yeah, 
it's it's good i agree it's and it's timbaland i love timbaland um but uh i was not a fan this is a rambly intro joe um <laughs> but yeah we really haven't learned anything in these uh first 50 episodes no uh, except how to just sort of continuously make sounds with our mouths even if we have nothing to say i will say if i wanted to uh make a profound point it's that uh this evening i was lucky enough to go to target uh to mm-hmm. buy a fan um, oh, I, ho- I, I was hoping you would stop the sentence right there. You were lucky <laughs> enough to go to Target. I was, I was. Always a nice look, a nice bright look <laughs> into uh, the emptiness of our culture, uh, including the <laughs> walk by the music section there. Uh, it's it's one half of like one of those like little oh, rows, uh, you know, and it just says music A to Z. And then there's like a little end cap display with like uh-huh. the latest stuff. And that's it. That's yep. shocking to see. I mean, yep. there's there's more books. There are more books than there are albums at Target. You used to be able to buy Weezer singles in in a Target. Yeah, you and would here go. We are. Yeah, you would actually like look and see if they had something interesting. And now, yep. it's uh, maybe maybe like a hundred CD albums total. I don't know. Wait, wait are you talking about a hundred? units or a hundred separate albums uh, probably a hundred no hum, uh, probably the variety is I yeah don't know, somewhere right around at a hundred albums i'd guess got it yeah y- yeah uh, that's that's the world we live in joe um everybody's pivoting to video now so well that's what i like this you know i i guess we like to think that music is this uh you know indestructible cultural force which uh, of course it, on some levels it is, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's relevance as something outside of, um, you know, ultra celebrities feuding about their affairs via dueling albums, um, (laughs) is not, is not guaranteed. And, uh, it's, it's important to talk about it, uh, one way or the other. I think when we discussed streaming, we we said, or at least I posited, that there's actually more music being made and listened to than ever. It's just you can't get, you can't make a ton of money off of it as easily. Right. Um, right. But you know? I mean, yeah. But I mean, if you you know, if you're not, if if something's not in Target, it's yeah. a like it's the or you know like music itself like could disappear from Target. I mean, yeah. if CDs stop. If I mean, Target manuf- will also die to Amazon soon. But yes, you know. <laughs> if car manufacturers stop having CDs, then uh, putting CDs in their cars, then, you know, why would Target even sell CDs? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, that this is actually funny. This ties into a story I was going to tell, which is I recently uh, stopped at a record store to purchase uh, my OK Not OK, the Radiohead reissue. And uh, I got, I went to the the used CD section because you can get, if you like me, uh, chaotically buy music, um, uh, you can get good deals from used CD stores still. And so somebody had sold uh, Anderson Pack and uh, uh, what's his face? I forget his name. Some producer's CD from last year, NX Worries. Mm-hmm. And I bought it and I was like, yeah, I'd been looking for this. This is great. And so then I had just been talking to one of my coworkers about how great Anderson Pack is. So I was like, I'll go lend her this CD after I rip it. And then I was like walking halfway to her office and I realized like, she has no way to use this. This would be like <laughs> if in high school, 
some old man walked into my classroom and threw an eight track on my desk and was like, here, boy, here's some music. Listen to it. (laughs) It was was a true moment of being like, oh, Jesus, what am I doing? This is not how you, you you just sent, you just tell somebody the name of the band and they go look it up on Spotify. That's how you do things here now, man. So, yeah, that is true. I mean, that is, that is, you know, um, uh, it, the the reality of of you know week which we covered in our streaming episode still a good listen go back check mm-hmm. it out um, I think that's uh, uh, it's got the Garth book Brooks song title oh wow in the name <laughs> it's like pissing down the stream or something like that <laughs> uh, anyway yeah uh, it's a good episode by us but. Yeah, the point is like I guess there's there's still a lot of reasons to to talk about music because um or talk about good music because it's not really available. It's not really like discussed anywhere else. It's not there is not a TV channel for it anymore. There's uh it's not in It's not any store it's you not go to. It's pushed into your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not you don't listen to the radio, you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, the only way to discover new music now, Joe, is to watch a car ad on TV, um, which is also something people don't do anymore. So yeah, there you have it. Yeah. Um, or I guess it, you have to hope it's on the soundtrack of, uh, stranger things. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Silicon Valley. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just put in the music there. Yes, yes, and you don't stop. Cool like the best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar for the style for you and your mind. Come on, yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast, <laughs> slightly above average at least. Nah, preference is relative. My reference is consistently uh, bring you to another vicinity. I hit you with the riddles consistently. Dead in the middle, a little triply. Little did we know that we triggered a fissure in the metaphysical imagery, elegant painted in oil. Love is a flower, see how dissolving the power is dissolving the hours as well. The tower, a bell at to the top of it, a hawk, a pigeon, a dove, a vision of love, an eagle, a falcon, even a gold coin in the tile, and that would um, prophesize upon. And welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher, and uh, with me, as always, uh, my only friend who would have survived more than a day in the Game of Thrones universe, it's Paul McLeod. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I think two days. Yeah. Phil Phil would make it. Phil would get, hide out in the woods, but let's not talk about our friends nobody knows. Um, um phil can actually use swords we'd probably so. <laughs> all do okay because like lots of us would just hide like that's what yeah. everyone i would just hide there doesn't seem to be any like cool safe place to hang out there so yeah just I go mean, in can... the woods with all the other like you know the uh, book nerds <laughs> that is actually a good move just go to that citadel or whatever or i was gonna say you know i mean the hiders you see are the uh the brotherhood of whatever with the resurrecting guy um but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're not could here be, to talk you about be, Game of Thrones. But no, you ahead. could be Ed Sheeran. It just kind of. Uh, oh wait, you haven't seen the Ed Sheeran cameo. Wait, well, Ed Sheeran is in Game of Thrones now. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, they must kill him so well. They he's must. only in. He's only in for about five minutes. Um, Seager Rose. Yeah. Seager Rose was in an earlier episode and had an original song. Uh, at the wait, Seager Rose. The people were in it. Yes, all three were appeared as a band at a important event in the in the Game of Thrones TV show. Was it a colored celebration of a life passage? Uh, no. Uh, okay. It was a, a joining of two people. Uh, that did end with one of them turning a, a certain color. Okay, I can't sit here and think about what that means um, <laughs> while we're recording. It was at uh, King Joffrey's wedding. If you oh, know. okay. Yes. Yes. I so had you, no idea. Indeed. Um, so, see, I tied that into music. Um, Paul, yeah. as you said, we are not here to talk about game of thrones uh like literally every other podcast in the universe uh Mm -hmm. we are here to talk about okay not okay which is the 20th anniversary reissue of radiohead's uh alternative rock masterpiece okay computer that was released a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago and we are getting around to reviewing it paul is okay computer a good album Still, Joe, uh, I have to say, no, it doesn't hold up. Um, <laughs> total piece of shit. Um, no, actually, it. Um, I, I was thinking today, I can't think of many pieces of art that I still like almost as much as I did 20 years ago that, you know, I have that much time with. Um, I was like, you know, maybe like Siamese Dream and OK Computer and Fight Club and like As I Lay Dying. And that's. Close to the list. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, this album holds up really well. It still sounds uh, like it could have just been made. So um, yes, uh, really no complaints with it. It's uh, it's well deserved of its. Uh, it, it well deserves its all time classic top five on a lot of all time lists status. I think. Um, I I think listening to the remaster on headphones uh i was pretty blown away uh they really i thought kind of carved out carved out uh another layer of depth for the sounds so i felt like each individual um instrument and you know layered you know uh layered radio head magic was was clearer and discernible um and that you know over the when you listen closely to the songs on the remaster uh it was just um that was pretty fantastically rewarding um at many points yeah i um so that's interesting i agree with you that it is clearer and uh particularly like i mean uh the vocals are a little bit more a bit a little bit less muddy um the kick drum at the beginning of Paranoid Android pops a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, there I will is, say I've been... Oh, there, go ahead. There is good percussion. I thought the, the percussion in Paranoid Android, uh, like after the, the you know, like the, the first two verse choruses before the, whatever you call the second mm. half, there's there's a pretty quiet part where you can just sort of hear the like hand percussion. And uh, uh, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it seems like you're in the room with them. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll say it is better and it's noticeable if you're really paying attention, but like just before this, I did a side by side comparison actually with the first part of paranoid Android just because 
it's it's quiet enough that you can hear details and there's uh, a lot of stuff going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference, but it's not huge, I no. wouldn't say. But part of this is I'm I'm being a little bit ruined by the Talking Heads remixes that we well, recently talked about, where it's just a totally different thing. Um, yeah, and I mean so that, it's not fair really to compare it to that. But but it's not uh, fair because yeah. the original production on OK Computer wasn't was terrible. Great, <laughs> yeah, it was fucking yeah, great. Exactly. So it's not like there's much to be revealed. It's more that it's like. Yeah. It's well done. It's it adds a little bit, uh, which is all it needed to do. Instead of, um, you know, just made it a yeah. little more, uh, um, you know, uh, it sort of just gave it a, a little nice, cleaner. Yeah, a little cleaner, a little nice little coat of paint, and instead of instead of doing anything bad to it, which I wasn't worried about, but you never know. You never know, and I will say, like I had to, uh, I discovered when I was. Um, trying to turn my upload my waves to the cloud um i needed to turn them into mp3s first and uh so i was using audacity to do that because it turns out i don't have a simpler or not audacity uh, adobe audition because it turns out i don't have a simpler program for that and so i got to see all the waveforms and they definitely like on exit music you can see a very staged increase in the levels throughout the song so they definitely did not brick wall it and you can hear that when you listen to it it's uh it's pretty cool yeah um so yeah and then i actually listened to the vinyl uh today i got the sweet blue vinyl as Mm. we discussed how did that Um, sound i have I, i do not have i do not have it on vinyl Ah, okay. It's uh, it sounds great. I don't know that it necessarily sounds any better than playing it out of my good, you know, digital audio converter into yeah. my same stereo. Um, uh, but um, yeah, good, good quality vinyl. No, uh, you know, well centered hole, <laughs> all that stuff. Right. Um, right. So uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know what's funny about this though, Joe is. It's possible I, I I definitely did not own the track Lull before, and I never even realized there was this uh, notable B-side missing from my collection. Because mm. um, I was listening to it, and I was like, wait, I don't think I know this song. And uh, then I realized I had never bought that random single it was on, which was like the, uh, which single was it? Karma Police. Karma Police. Yeah, that's well, right. The, you know, the problem with that is that Lull was left off the uh, Airbag EP, which had, right. I think, basically all the other B-sides on it, or all the other ones um, that are good. Except um, for How I Made My Millions was not on there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yes. Uh, and that's How I Made My Millions was the one I never had a copy of. Um it's possible I didn't either, but I listened to enough bootleg versions of it or, you know, yeah. uh, stolen versions that I knew it. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So addition to the good remaster, Joe, we got some some good B-sides that we had not heard before. Indeed. So we want to talk about the album or the, uh, the, the complete package first. Let's do the album first, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because I think I have more thought, a lot more thoughts about the album than I do the B sides. Um, sure. Uh, just because the album is is kind of the, it's the work of art here. Um, yeah. And I think you know on on this listen and and I, I won't ascribe this um, 
you know, I I won't go crazy ascribing this to the remaster um, uh, any more than I would just the fact that I'm now, you know, kind of going back and and, uh, paying a lot of attention to this, one of my favorite albums. Um, Mm -hmm. um, But it's it's kind of apparent uh, to me just what a work of art it is um, with sort of emphasis on the term work. I mean, I think with this Hmm. series of lessons, uh, listens, I just it just uh, sometimes i give radiohead uh you know i give them short shrift and which sounds crazy but like i'm like they're so good at making these you know insane weird uh beautiful lush sounds that i get caught up and think like that's that's what they do you know that's where the magic Mm -hmm. is they come up with these sounds and just whatever they play you know with once they have those sounds would be awesome and not that they're and and but the point is on this album like each sound is so much attention is paid to mm-hmm. how each of these sounds is used where it is what it is you know what its effect is on the overall song that um i I think that's why this album is kind of uh, it's pretty um uh it's it's what it's it's what what gives it its truly unique qualities Um, absolutely yeah and i think i think you know there's an example i think a, a, a really obvious example is is on um exit music uh, I think starting with like the second verse, there's this like tape loop in the background mm-hmm. and anyone who likes the song, you'd recognize immediately. It's sort of like a jet engine and then maybe somebody talking and maybe some like little, I can't even just like the sound is just so who knows what it is. Sing us a song. A sound to keep us warm There's such a chill Such a chill I always heard it as manipulated, like playground field recordings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's just that the way you listen to it, like the way that loops there, and then it like comes back at the end of the song, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's not it's not like random noise or just like an an artsy touch. Like it's a sort of beautiful texture that adds to the song, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, that's 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 really what I noticed on these on these listens. That's what I was getting into. Probably because the remaster did, I think, make that that sort of thing, um, you know, twenty percent clearer. Yeah. So that's interesting because I actually think I uh, I approached it the, from the opposite direction mm. um, without disagreeing with what you're saying. Um, because I've always thought of this as like this sort of futuristic space age album, sort of the the period when Radiohead like set off into the future yeah. or whatever. Um, and it certainly is that it's definitely, 
you can tell you're always conscious of the fact that it's constructed in the studio. It does not feel like a live recording in any sense. Right. Um, which is not anything to be ashamed of and they're not ashamed of it. So yeah, no, be clear it's, on that it's part of it. Yeah. Um, but I was struck even on something like paranoid Android, which, uh, towards the end really sort of rockets off into guitar effects, uh, Nirvana. Um, that what an acoustic uh foundation it has what a you know it really is just like rock instruments um as the spine of almost everything on the album even when it does uh so i mean yeah in the night in 1998 this sounded like the future now it sounds like a modern album but not um something that is uh really wild and unimaginable Largely because, uh, I, I don't know, I think probably um, a lot of the, a large number of, of art-oriented rock bands spent a decade enslaved to the Radiohead aesthetic. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, and also Radiohead themselves um, went a little wild there, um, at least for one album on Kid A. Um, so, um, yeah, I agree with you, everything you said, that it is just amazing how meticulous it is and how um i mean it's impressive like on the intro to paranoid android which you keep talking about that song um they're just you know five or six i want to say different guitar uh uh, applications going on and um they are they're all melded together really really perfectly into a cohesive whole um even though it's uh it's kind of a a lot of different things um to to be melding together like that so um i wonder if you heard that bell sound anyway um (laughs) it's uh it's really an achievement just as a as a sonic document um that it could be both uh innovative and forward sounding and yet also totally a rock album at the same time yeah absolutely um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add the little bell from, from the tourist mm-hmm. from the end of the album there. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's this, well, how could we not talk about paranoid Android? Uh, it's, it's such, it's such an ambitious rock, like alternative rock song mm-hmm. um, to set out to create that like, you know, six and a half minute, um beast and to to pull it off i mean i i was to, on my re-listen this evening i was like this there's a lot of arguments for this being like the best 90s alternative rock song like it's like if you whatever that genre is mm-hmm. it could be the greatest of those songs you know whether it's your you know for people's favorite or not but it's like I don't know that there was like a, you know, something bigger than that or like something yeah. with a higher degree of difficulty than that. Yeah. No, I mean, that song is is very attuned to like my high school aesthetic um, yes. in that <laughs> it's really over the top and really melodramatic, um, but also um, uh, very, uh, very varied. Uh, highly varied, yeah. um, and uh, and as you said, ambitious, 
and uh, uh, d- pulls no. <laughs> it's not lazy in any respect whatsoever. But um, I, I would say that it might be melodramatic, but like none of that, I, none of the to me the lyrics or anything like now seem, you know, corny or overly dramatic. Like they they are still moving. I mean, it's this the sort of like to me. I don't know that that sort of like anger at the mm-hmm. world that Tom is expressing at like the modern world is still. Um, um, what he's mad at has not gone away clearly <laughs> that's true i will say i've definitely seen people make fun of like kicking squealing gucci little piggy but as yeah. you say there are a lot of kicking squealing gucci little piggies around yeah. nowadays so yeah well that kind of became a slogan so you know a radio yeah. slogan it's on a, a lot of fucking t-shirts from <laughs> the 90s so um i, I understand that but I mean, I, I mean melodramatic in a not necessarily pejorative way. Just yeah. that it, it's it's not a subtle song exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are subtle aspects to it, but it's it's uh, it's got a lot for you to just sink your teeth into right away. Um, yeah. In terms of big dynamics, yeah, uh, thrilling riffs, uh, 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 you know, just the just that the breakdown is Tom sort of like wailing softly. Um, or, yeah. or just sadly, maybe. Um, and know. then, yeah, and then Johnny playing just an uh, yeah. un- unimaginably good guitar s- solo. Yeah, possibly the last great mainstream guitar solo. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, it's it's dangerous to listen to. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Paranoid, mm-hmm. paranoid Android. It's a good song. Let's. Yeah. We, we could. I. You know. We could have a whole podcast episode on pan, Paranoid Android. We won't. Okay. But we we could do that. Android. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think that to you know somehow get away from Paranoid Android, um, <laughs> I guess to to say what I've been saying in a different way is that you know how well i know each of the little sounds on this album and how mm-hmm. much uh i you know on each listen you're just happy to hear them mm-hmm. um i think that or uh, like one one example was at the in the the very end the outro of airbag um there's you know they the the drums of the bass will come in and then there'll be sort of this like ringing guitar that like responds to it and that happens Mm -hmm. a couple times and i just know each of those sounds so well each of those like contorted like yeah yeah yeah. and it's just it it's it's that those uh, you know do i know this for sure no but you feel like they did that 20 times and picked that or they did 20 different things there and they like paid really good at really close attention to like you know, mm-hmm. which 
you know, had that like character and to it. Um, I, you know, I just think it's, it, you can't put together an album with this many amazing sounds on it without doing that. Yeah. Um, no, the, the little details are stunning. Uh, the one, there are a couple that really jumped out to me and, and with this album, you know, you mentioned how, you know, all the little sounds on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, this album is definitely one of the ones, uh, from my youth, uh, of which there are, you know, several that, uh, I loved and that I listened to a bunch. And unfortunately, um, I'm just like permanently, like I, my mind sometimes wanders while listening to it just because I've heard it so many times. Right. Um, so this album, I never quite killed it, but it's definitely um, suffered a little bit from that. Um, but a couple things that I noticed this time around that I had sort of forgotten a little bit were, um, one was uh, in Letdown. Mm-hmm. It's like the second or third verse when Tom, uh, or maybe it's not the verse, maybe it's the chorus. Um, he, he comes back in uh, and it's just, he's just in the right track. And then about halfway through the line, or a line or two in, uh, he comes in on the left track and a harm- harmonizing uh, register and takes over from that side. And the effect of the two tracks m- going together of his voice is incredible. Yes. Um, do you know the moment I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And also, the other funny thing is that Let Down was probably one of my least favorite songs the first time I listened to this album, and it's also clearly one of the best songs now in my old age. It's so, it's so that song, I mean, as, as a teenager listening to this, I remember uh, kind of being like overwhelmed by how good that song was. Like, I felt mm. like it was almost, like, the, especially the ending where tom is you know the two parts are harmonizing and then mm-hmm. um he's also sit you know uh, then the kind of the chorus comes in while he's still really just like uh you know humming along to the i can't describe it but um uh i was like how is this song so good it's almost like it must be wrong to listen to it or something. <laughs> it's, it's, hard. it's like, I must not be under, like, I must be like, you know, listening to some, you know, secret knowledge that I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I didn't get it at first, but it's, uh, I, I was wrong and am, am correct now in that. Yes. Is, um, I don't, it might actually be the best song on this album. Um, 
but uh i don't know yeah, so maybe that's... just because it speaks to an older audience well that's yeah. how i feel that way ranking the ranking the songs on this album is and it would be extremely difficult and fortunately is not actually necessary <laughs> Yeah. So. Although we kind of did it when we did our Radiohead draft. We so. did. But I, honestly, after these listens, I'd probably like rethink some of my selections for that, um, <laughs> as of course. Um, probably. But uh, uh, I still feel good about having gotten uh, Paranoid Android. Um, yeah. It's a good choice. I think it's our sixth episode. Sixth? Sixth? Oh, nope. Not going to be able to say the word six, T-H. Um, sixth you actually episode. got it one of those times. <laughs> Uh, go back and listen, folks. Um, uh, and uh, order from Blue Apron. Uh, today's yeah. this month's meal is uh, a big bag of static uh, poured onto um, uh, just uh, pavement flavored French fries mm-hmm. uh, with a jalapeno Rocafort dipping sauce. Ten dollars, um, ten dollars a ten dollars a serving. Come on, uh huh. I mean, really, how can you not spend that much on your children? Don't they deserve it? <laughs> uh, use code Gigantic Lying Mouth. <laughs> check out. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Joe, what was uh, uh? I have another moment in mind that really stuck out to me. Do you have one before I jump into mine? No, go for it. Oh, the other thing that I knew, but that that hit me like a hammer again this time was uh, in climbing up the walls uh, when the second verse starts mm. and the guitar doubles the, the vocal melody um, or it doesn't yes. quite do that, but just accompanies it. Um, and then also just the rest of that second verse, when you think they're going to jump into the chorus and then he jumps into the pre-chorus instead. It's uh it's so good. By the end of that song, Tom uh-huh. is screaming. Like yeah. it's the loudest, I, the, the most intensely he sings on any song in Radiohead's <laughs> category. And you know, uh, his voice is all distorted and filtered, which works well for the song, but it would be interesting to hear that performance without that effect on it. Yes. Uh, Climbing Up the Walls is, is, you know, it's one of the songs on here that perhaps best... Uh, illustrates that sensation of um, n- not quite y- really. Yeah, they had to be 
such masterful musicians and composers to put something like that together and mm-hmm. conceptualize it and have it work, you know, at, at every moment of the song, this like weird, dark, mm-hmm. gloomy, groaning song that is nevertheless like, you know, kind of makes your heart race to listen to it. Uh, it's so, uh, it's so, spooky and builds to such a big conclusion um, absolutely i believe know. it's also as far as i know the first song that got people to start saying like "Ooh, you know johnny composed the strings in a cla- mm. following uh pindarecki's classical uh innovations or whatever so indeed um, the uh the cassette that came with the box set um has the a recording of the strings by themselves oh nice yeah i would I would definitely listen to that. Joe, did you find when you listened to this that you wished you had a hundred pages of Radiohead artwork to look through um, as you did so? Well, man, that's a good question. I don't think so. I mean, I even think that as I got into the uh, the the B-sides and the unreleased tracks, um, that was fun. I enjoyed listening to, to those, but I, I didn't. I didn't think I even needed those. Like it's really the album and sort of that, that original art that came with it, you know, that just kind of give it a little context. Um, That's, that's really all I needed. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, The B sides are definitely B sides Um, with the possible exception of Pearly. None of them is better than one of the songs on the album. Yeah, Um, definitely. They definitely, you know, chose the correct songs to be on the album. Um, Yeah. 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 Um, I will say the the vinyl sized art is cool. It's just it's the CD art, but bigger. And I don't know, like the the front image um, is still the front. But then also one of the the vinyl sleeves has it in a slightly Mm -hmm. uh, lower brightness version and without all the without the inserts cool and uh i don't know i was just like like oh this is a thing i've looked at a million times and i see more detail um you know i think to to round out my you know favorite moments uh i just the last two songs lucky and the tourist Mm -hmm. are such a powerful closing they bring a sense of deep uh alluring melancholy mm-hmm. that i i don't know it's it's hard to describe without describing without you know being self-referential and just saying no that's the way that that listening to lucky and the tourist make me feel and um i think uh the tourist uh, the last song sounds um i thought particularly good on this reissue mm. um and that's you know we talked about the little bell sound and i just noticed that once you've listened to this album once you know you know that it it ends um Mm -hmm. sort of with this like closing ding of a you know it's almost like an analog uh end to a digital album it's like you know a, Mm -hmm. a, a mechanical item uh and then when you're listening to this to the the tourist that bell is going off at times throughout the song. Mm. And I, it just it realized that that was 
provoking this sense in me where when it would go off, you would realize that there was this beautiful thing that was about to end. And then <laughs> in, in this song where it's like, you know, Johnny and Ed are just, I mean, they're, they're really fighting that ending in a sense with su- these really um, kind of strong but desperate guitars where they keep playing bigger and bigger and louder and louder. Um, and that, that kind of dies off anyway. also have a could have a separate <laughs> podcast about his vocal performances from this album yeah um you know especially- i think my brother put it well actually recently he said like tom uh always sounds a little uh sounds like he's out of tune but but actually it's exactly the right tune for sure for sure um, um yeah, and that you know and that's i think that um and lucky as well which is maybe um one of their maybe one of their most beautifully written songs. Um, mm-hmm. um, and it has such a, that uh, pull me out of the air crash, pull me out of the lake mm-hmm. uh, line in the chorus uh, is again, exemplifies that um, chilling feeling that these, these last two songs give me. Um, yeah, I mean, Lucky might might have been one of the last sort of like the bin style soaring choruses they've done. Yes, um, it's probably another example, but um, it's you know like that's almost like a like a, a just or uh, or Black Star style yes. song. Yes, but with OK Computer production. Yeah, I mean they you know the, the radio they were it's in the context of their career. I mean as a band uh it's it makes sense that they after this kind of pivoted mm-hmm. to something really different with kid a because what what are you supposed to do yeah with your next alternative rock album when you make this i mean this it's would it's hard to con- it's hard to conceive of making this album but making something better or even it's equal uh it really must have seemed impossible to them um, yeah, and rightfully and I so. Mean, I mean, I you know I agree with that. I think Tom literally said that that yeah. he they felt like it was a lateral. Even OK Computer was just a lateral move, and not yeah. moving forward the way they wanted to. And so they did Kid right. A, 
And then, of course, two albums later on Hail to the Thief, they're trying to figure out how to be a rock band again. Um, and eventually, yeah. on In I'd Rainbows, argue, at least, yeah. figured out how to do it awesomely again. Yes, yes. I, you know, I'd, I'd argue that, that um, well, two things. I probably don't believe Tom when he thinks, okay, computer is lateral, <laughs> because I think even when you listen to... As some of the song, like the lesser produced like song, like uh, like Lift, uh, one of the mm-hmm. unreleased songs, which has like kind of Ben style, more straightforward production. Mm-hmm. But you really see what what doing what OK Computer kind of added and what, you know, yeah. kind of like understanding the mastering the sounds of alternative rock enough to, um, you know, distort and twist them at every turn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say I, I, I disagree with him, but I yeah. believe that he feels that way. Oh yeah, of course. I believe <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I believe he's probably felt every, anywhere from like a, a zero to a 10 about any of his albums at any point. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although he also, I also once heard him say that like when he's, you know, I'm sure this is common, but like, I remember Tom saying that like once, you know, he's like done with kid a, like he just listened to it once and he was like, I don't know if I could ever listen to this again. Yeah. You know? I heard the same quote. He just said, by the time you're done, you can't remember which, why you ever thought it was good, which I completely believe actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just sad that Radiohead doesn't get to enjoy Radiohead. Um, <laughs> I think they do now. I think this, this, uh, this reissue is proof. And the fact that they're playing, they played every okay computer song, but electioneering on their latest tour. Um, I looked that up. Um, yeah. so, you know, is, is proof that they have come to, um, really enjoy, uh, uh, yeah. or appreciate their past output and, um, uh, still, still, uh, find it to be worthwhile. It's, uh, it's hilarious <laughs> and awesome that they did not play electioneering. Um, yeah, it's definitely the worst song on the quote unquote worst song on the album. Yeah, it's, it's really, a perfectly fine rock yeah. song that I find it hard to really pay attention to. Really fucking fun, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, cattle prods in the IMF. Great, yeah. great lyrics to scream, um, and and still relevant. Um, yeah, a little too much cowbell though. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What is, speaking of that, what is the worst thing you can say about OK Computer, the album? Uh, probably. I mean, you know, they once one of them, it might have been Phil and, and Ed talking, once said that OK Computer was a song too long and they were clearly talking about electioneering. And I, mm-hmm. I think if it went from, uh, you know, fitter, happier into climbing up the walls, uh, yeah, it would be That'd just be as good. F- fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> anything else bad? It's yeah. I'm trying to limit. I'm trying to think if there is anything that I didn't. I you know I think that if I could say anything bad, it's that it's funny. There are songs we haven't even mentioned. There's you know Karma Police and No Surprises. Yeah, uh, the two <laughs> other singles, and I, I think it's that. Um, uh, this re-listen, Karma Police, of course. Uh, still impresses um it's uh it's beautiful and no surprises i love no surprises but that song i've played it in my head so many times that it's yeah it it doesn't play it doesn't read that's the one song where i really have that effect on this album where i just i'm not listening to it because i've heard it so many times 
That's funny. I mean, that's definitely true that the the hook guitar bit has definitely sort of lost its potency. Yeah. Um, which of course it's also like the most immediate melody on the album. The first time you listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's not surprising, but, uh, I can still get into, um, like actually the verses I feel like, uh, oh, still yeah. get me somewhat. So it's, I mean, that's the thing, like anything negative I'm saying is just like, uh, yeah. maybe I'm like a yeah. nut, like sometimes a nine out of 10, but it was a highlight of the concert I saw the radio exactly. concert this year. So, but um, yeah, yeah. I, Dude, what's your negative take? Pretty much the worst thing I can say is that, um, between fittier, happier, which is fine, but I've sort of, I sort of got the joke 20 years ago and yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do a whole lot when I listen to it again now. Um, and, uh, uh, in electioneering, like there's that one, two song lull that, yeah. um, just at this stage of my relationship with the album, you know, I can skip past it's sort of, Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that was really bad. What I was about to say. Yep. Um, yep. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, but really it's amazing when you start to look at all the other songs on this track list and you're like, wow, each one of these is a fucking awesome song. Yes. Um, would, it's one of those things where like, yeah, this would be the best song on like basically any other band's album from this era. <laughs> Absolutely. Like 90% of the uh, albums, like I, I listen to a lot of new music all the time and, and all of these other songs, if they were the sample track from one of those albums, I'd be like, Oh my God. Yes. Um, um, so yeah, absolutely. I, 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 there's a trick to fitter happier, um, which is, um, I think, I, I think I got this from Tom where, uh, just listen to the piano, Okay. Uh, a little, like, I don't know if it's looped or just, tinkling but the piano is yeah. really cool and then there's a sampled uh vocal recording behind the robot lyrics and that's mm-hmm. also cool um so yeah yeah no trust me i know all those sounds <laughs> yeah and they're not bad it's just you know um okay let's move on to the uh the ancillary stuff joe sure yeah okay let's do it let's do it okay uh so joe we have three brand new songs which is your favorite well man of war was already uh a radiohead song that i fucking loved um from some live versions it's called big boots or man of war um mm-hmm. and this version of these three songs this one had gotten some 2017 radiohead updates uh where they, i think they actually uh you know they 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 played or produced uh some some of the elements again oh really i i think the strings are this and and the the reason behind that is that this along with the song specter uh they yes. they submitted both to be considered for uh the james bond oh really song. yeah that's funny because when I was, I didn't know that. And when I was listening to it, I was thinking how much it sounded like Spectre, the Spectre yes. song. And that is why. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I think, and I also really enjoyed the sort of like queen, like, uh, um, you know, grandiose feeling to this song. When you come home, I'll bake you Oh 
fucking kick-ass lyrics. So uh, I really liked Man of War. And then yeah. the, the other two are just so new to me. Yeah. It's it's just nice to have sort of new uh, OK Computer era artifacts. Yeah. Um, I think we can, I think we already said uh, they're not threatening any of the tracks on the album, but um, they're, they're cool songs to have. Uh, the funny thing of Man of War is I actually think the, I kind of like the live albums that we already had a little bit better than the studio one. Um, yeah. It's nice to have the clean recording and everything, but there's more like bile in Tom's yes. delivery in the, in the live versions, which fits the extremely pissed off. Uh, it sounds like his most bitter breakup song, actually. Yes. Um, lyrics. So um, cool to have, but uh, uh, slightly disappointing just in that it doesn't really improve on what we already had. Yeah, it's it's exactly. It's nice to have um, this like clean version of it, but it's not the only. It's, yeah, it's not the it's not really the definitive version that you wanted. And and if it had been, if they'd had the definitive version, I mean, I think that maybe you could imagine them figuring out how to put this song together in like yeah. 1997 to put on OK Computer. Yeah. Um, like replacing electioneering with it or, or something like that. Um, yeah. But they didn't, they, they didn't figure it out. Um, and in fact, we're, I don't think the song was really like they, I think they tried to record it back then, like during the, com- the, the tour for okay computer. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, of course that's the famous thing with Radiohead is that since kid a, they've been putting out like one of these, uh, legendary unreleased songs like once per album. Um, and yes. usually they end up just getting transformed entirely. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so Long this is the one list. where they were, this is the one where they just were like, ah, we'll just go with a version of what we had and here you go. It's all right. Right. And the answer is yes, it is all right. That's, that's an interesting, I mean, I think a lot of great Radiohead songs come from, from the bands and the okay computer era. I mean, I know, nude true love waits and true love waits and uh thomas said that there there was in his head Mm. like for many many years like he would like sing it to himself uh i'm not sure if it's quite this far back but it may have been um and uh wasn't motion picture soundtrack a song from that era as well yeah yeah they did um you know they were they were putting together they had a demo of that song Mm. Um uh and there's there's uh they're definitely more. I'm not I can't think of them right no. now. But well, those are the big know, ones I knew. Yeah, yeah. And I think Reckoner um Reckoner existed during Kid A. Yeah. It was there during that period. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um Yeah. Nobody nobody incubates a song quite like Radiohead. No. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, True Love Waits is now like kind of this ultimate yeah. example of that like releasing it basically 20 years later well and wasn't reckoner my number one pick in our draft I, yes i want to say yeah second so. yeah 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 um yeah so uh yeah i will say that the the remastering on some of these songs we did have um was possibly even more noticeable for the b-sides just because they were mm-hmm. a little bit less clean before like pearly sounds significantly different to me a little mm-hmm. bit just in terms of the way it's mixed. Um, and in fact, almost a little 
uh, strange the way they went with it. Like I feel like the the guitar that goes um that's sort of like on the end of the chorus it's like i feel like that's actually harder to pick out now but um maybe i'm just making that up well they didn't you know i mean i think all these songs have some element that they felt like they didn't get right before Mm -hmm. and they probably were trying to like still tinker with that stuff but I, i agree um i i actually i kind of wanted some of these b sides to it was hard because after I, I listened to them, like soon after I had really my intense, like re-listen of the album. And uh, like we said, there are many of these, there's a place in my heart for many of these songs. Um, oh yeah. But uh, they're not, uh, they're not on the A team. Yeah. Well, even so, I mean, uh, Songs like Meeting in the Island, Melatonin, and stuff, which are like kind of throwaways by Radiohead standards, still kind of grab me. Yeah. And How He Made My Millions is genuinely touching, and I'd kind of forgotten about that song because I hadn't listened to it in a long time, and it's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. One um, of the more beautiful Tom Solo type things that they have in their catalog. And uh, I always loved uh, the the cheekiness of Palo Alto. <laughs> um, it's it's sort of the um, uh, it's 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 kind of the OK computer theme song, yeah. That, that they they didn't include, and that's that's kind of the amazing thing about this whole album cycle is that the themes they were touching on are even more relevant now than they were twenty years ago. Like yeah. like a song making fun of Palo Alto is totally of the moment in two thousand seventeen. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe that's just a comment on how dire our society is, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's well, uh, funny that we can still enjoy it that way. They they, they nailed that sense of disaffection, yes. Uh, you know, in a way that they saw where kind of that Gen X, you know, slackerism, how like the how that was sort of going to be, I don't know, exponentially magnified by the culture. Yeah. Um, the internet culture that was, you know, growing along with Radiohead. And um, yeah, it's again, you're right. I mean, it's, this is it, again, I think Palo Alto is a song that like, if you, if that was the lead single from some indie rock band, you'd be like, Whoa, these people, they get it. <laughs> they get it. They're saying exactly yeah. what I feel right now. Yeah. And they, what a great rock song you would say. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, uh, and it's again a, a trash B side for Radiohead. Um, yeah, what is your favorite? Uh, okay, compu- I, it's Pearly is the answer. I guess. Yeah, it's Pearly. You know, it's yeah. Pearly. Yeah, <laughs> that that's that's a good choice. Um, I, the stripped down nature of How I Made My Millions kind of appeals to me. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, Paul mentioning mentioning that we saw them play Pearly live is. It's like the hard. <laughs> it's like the hardened trade of this podcast. I'm exactly. just always gonna find a chance to brag about that. that. And the crazy guy who ran up and almost tackled us. He was I so know. excited. <laughs> I just. Can't, I still. I mean, to, I think there's no band that has played a song uh, at a, any concert I've been to that I've been more like. I cannot believe they are actually playing this song right now. <laughs> How is this possible? Uh yes. Um, uh, it's true. Um, I don't know. Maybe when Kendrick played, what is the name of that song? Never mind. I the joke is ruined by me not mm-hmm. remembering the name mm-hmm. of the song. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, cut this part. Backstreet was it backseat freestyle? No, no, it was. Uh, it was the joke was going to be involved with what the name of the chorus is, but I actually forgot it. Um, let's wow. move on. Wow. Yeah, sorry. This is primo podcasting. We're all disappointed. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess um, maybe a question that we've touched on here and there as we maybe move to the final stage of this analysis uh, is um, uh, what, you know, where do you now see OK Computer uh, as part of like overall, like, well, it's two, two parts as, you know, part of rock history, alternative rock, and as part of in like within Radiohead's career. That's a good question. Um, so before this all happened, I would have said that um, my uh, my holy trinity of Radiohead albums is still Kid A in Rainbows and OK Computer, probably in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this this just actually reconfirmed to me that there's that OK Computer definitely holds up. Um, yes. Not that I really needed to know that, but I don't listen to the album that much anymore because I've just listened to it so many times. Um, uh, and I can call up most moments from the album, not just songs, but moments in my head at will. Um, but uh, it's it's awesome. It deserves everything that's been said about it. Uh, it still sounds great. And I, uh, I take it that it will always sound great. Um, we've, it was recorded late enough that it hasn't been really surpassed by anything, um, that came after it. And, uh, again, the timelessness of the themes combined with the timelessness of the sounds and the fact that, you know, um, (laughs) it was the first really awe-inspiringly creative album by what's turned out to be one of the greatest bands of all time. Um, and my favorite Mm. band of all time, uh, it's, um, it's impressive, I guess, that it was that it was hailed so strongly at the time, and then they just completely fucking backed it up for another twenty years after that. Um, that's that that's wild. fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's to think then that this was, you know, I liked I I really liked the Benz. I loved a lot several several of the songs on it at that point. You know, it was in mm-hmm. my rotation. Of, you know, keep in mind that I'm like fifteen at this point. Yeah. Um, but which you know, since we're the same age and grew up together, uh, so that was context for the listeners. Yeah, the uh, listeners need to know. <laughs> um, to I, I even remember at the time, like, and I think it was the video for Paranoid Android and and hearing that song on MTV. That you know, just that transition where going from the band that was playing high and dry and fake plastic trees to this mm-hmm. uh, was. Um, I wish I could say that I, I, I knew immediately back then, like that this was one of the great albums, but you know, it took a while to figure out even then, but the trans, the transformation was happening in my mind and I'm, I'm not sure, you know, it took, it took a few years to really get to that point to the, to the point when kid a was coming out, I was like insanely excited for it and like skipped a class to listen to it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, skipped a class. Did you not buy it at midnight, Joe? I could, you know, it was, it, I did not. There was, there was, oh. uh, this freshman year 
and uh, there wasn't a good record store in uh, in the area of DC where I was that I mm. that like I really knew about. Well, shame on DC because yeah, uh, even it Norman, was... Oklahoma had a wonderful record store open at midnight for me to buy it at. Yeah, well, that's you were in a college town. I mean, that's you know, true. I was in a, I was in a, uh, the fanciest suburb of our nation, the fanciest neighborhood of our nation's capital, mm. uh, where all fun is just you know, you know, nobody, nobody wants you wandering around too late. We did it Fuck. anyway, but. Fucking Jesuits! I know. Um, no, no, it's the all the politicians that live in Georgetown. The Jesuits are are DTP, even worse than the DTP. Jesuits. Yeah, the, the, the Jesuits are down to party. I thought you were going to say DTF. Well, um. I mean, you know, some of them. Um, we got off track. Um, I agree with like, I, I you know, obviously we have the same three favorite Radiohead albums, uh-huh. uh, and I, I think this. Listen, I I love love in rainbows, but mm-hmm. I think that maybe I was like, okay, okay, computer and 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 Kid A are like the two Radiohead albums um, that are you know these crowning achievements, um, and, you know, and and that's it's it's. Maybe when we get to the In Rainbows reissue, I will reverse course. Or when I listen to In Rainbows next week, I'll reverse course. But right (laughs) now, that's the way I feel. If they try to sell me an In Rainbow reissue after I already bought the $75 (laughs) double vinyl, (laughs) that might be where I snap. Um, The the Kid A reissue is going to Oh, yeah. Because then we'll have three incredible packages of that album. Yeah. Um, I'll spend 500 bucks on that. Yeah, that that's pretty much an auto buy. Yeah. Um, uh, just go ahead and sign me up. You don't even have to wait till 2021. I'll pay now. I will yeah, pay exactly. now. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, uh, I don't, uh, I think if you count innovation into the score at all, then okay. Computer that would, that might nudge. Okay. Computer ahead of in rainbows because yeah, in, in rainbows wasn't really breaking any new ground except in how well you could do the rock things that Radiohead already knew how to do. Um, but okay. Computer still does, even though I said it doesn't feel as innovative now, I, it, it still carries that memory of how, how wild it was for the time. Yeah. Um, and how much again, it just, um, just like pulled the rain, uh, applied the reins to all of like art rock for another decade where everybody was just trying to kind of trying to do that thing. I mean, yeah. Like think about like animal collective. Like I doubt we have an animal collective if there's not an okay computer and a kid a to come before them. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of bands probably got a little, uh, fucked by it. I think that happens anytime there's some, just insanely good album like that. But uh, I think bands failed to live up to it. Bands tried too hard to sound like it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, not all of them, not all of them succeeded for sure. Yeah. Um, But the spirit of just like exquisitely crafted studio rock. I mean, you can hear that in something like broken social scene, which came out in like 2003. Um, yeah, the, the, um, even the glow part two, which yeah. is very soon afterwards. Um, and even something like, 
uh, what Modest Mouse did going from yes. Lonesome Crowded West to Moon in Ant- Antarctica. Oh no, I'm sure that was a. I'm sure that was a. And somebody involved in that process was consciously thinking about like we need to get into this sort of side of the yeah. rock game. You know. Yes. Yes. So, uh, God bless them. We got a lot of good music out of it, and um, we did. Yeah, it's it, including the album itself. It's that great. We also um, got we got Machina. That's you know inspired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Billy has actually said that uh, Radiohead was the last band to do something new with the guitar. So if if you got Billy to yeah. admit that you one of his contemporaries did something awesome, like like he must have loved it um, because that dude is one jealous little bitch. So. <laughs> Um, there's, it's impressive. There's some, there, there's, there was one time when, uh, Billy Corgan, when Zwan played the Jules Holland show the same night that like, uh, Radiohead did in like 2001 or 2002. And there's a photo of Tom and Billy standing together and it's the most amazing thing I've seen and I cannot find it. I, I've never heard of this. <laughs> I need to ask some of my, I need to like go on the Smashing Pumpkins forums that I still troll and see if somebody has it. Cause uh, it was pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> Almost as good as the Bowie uh, 50th birthday or 40th birthday or whatever that is photo of yes. uh, <laughs> Bowie, Billy and 80 other people who were making music at the same time who totally didn't like each other which we won't go into right now yeah um maybe that would be a good episode though sometime is uh exploring one song from each artist in that photo absolutely um uh paul what what question what question do you have for me to end on um joe well first i'm going to ask you joe why haven't you subscribed to us rated and reviewed us on itunes which is oh wow i've been forgetting to ask people um why have you not emailed us why have you not followed us on twitter or or instagram joe you set us up on instagram i believe Um, i did i haven't posted anything yet but we are there well people you should follow it just so you can be there when the first savage beast instagram post hits um yeah because it's going to be important to your life um but other than that, uh, Joe, uh, my last question to you is, as much as we talk about OK Computer and all these other Radiohead albums, did they really do anything better than Tom sarcastically covering Wonderwall that one time? <laughs> no, that is that is the greatest moment in Radiohead's career. And also um, Oasis's career. Yeah, just all of them. Uh, it was it was a peak for all of us. It was the best moment in Blur's um, career too. It's also it, yeah, and 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 I have to say, uh, it really that's what Jay Z was doing a tribute of when he sarcastically covered Wonderwall at Glastonbury. <laughs> uh, so uh, sarcastic covers of Wonderwall—that's you know that's what you do when you're at the top. Amen. Amen.